to episode 19 of Etc. Etc. with Young Southpaw. That's moi. Me, if you ain't got your French tongue out. So you know like how there's that whole movie, you know? Never been kissed. I've been keeping with the title. I never saw it, you know? But I mean, from what I can surmise from the name of the film and the fact that Drew Barrymore was the star is that she is supposed to have never been kissed in her life? I mean, didn't we see her kissing in other films? I mean, this title and scenario is pretty far-fetched, man. Like a blatant lie. No way you're going to fool audience goers like that. Can't suspend their disbelief when they've already seen it on the big screen in The Wedding Singer the very year before. Probably why I never saw the film. I mean, a better premise, and what would definitely have me buying a ticket, you know, would be if it was about Drew Barrymore never having seen a KISS concert. Came out the same year as Detroit Rock City, you know, both in 99. Could have combined the two. Which I guess would basically just be Drew and Detroit Rock City. I mean, you wouldn't really have to change the plot of that one at all. Or better yet, have her be in the band itself. I mean, it's right there in her name with the makeup, you know, Drew. Past tense a draw. I mean, what would she be, you know, have, what would she draw, what would be drawing? What would her kiss character be is what I'm trying to say. The extraterrestrial? I, I don't know if I would buy that. I mean, Ace was already the spaceman. I mean, along with Paul being the star child, they could be like the space trinity, you know, the great space coasters. If they then turned Kiss into a a tribute act to that 1950s doo-wop group, the fire starter would be cool. Flames on the face, whoa! I mean, kind of take away from Gene's fire-breathing act. I wonder if he he would let that happen, you know? I mean, it would make much more sense to have Drew start spitting the fire herself. And Kiss doing a cover of that Prodigy song would be rad! Or the Angel from Charlie's Angels. You know how, like, Kiss like to fly all around the arena, and those wings would look real cool. Or, like, she produced and directed Whip It. She could be, like, wearing roller derby gear, you know, with, like, a Devo hat on. In Kiss... Like Beverly Hills Chihuahua, you know, get a dog in to balance out Peter's cat makeup. I mean, these last few are from future movies, you know, that happened after Never Been Kissed, 1999. I mean, so maybe she could be like the psychic. Have like these really cool, long, flowing robes, you know, like a turban with a giant crystal in the middle. Or a monkey's paw. I mean, Kiss always seemed like they wanted more animals, you know, with Eric Carr being the fox and all. Well, now, wait a minute. I mean, this gets a little problematic because if, like, she's the psychic already, you know, as a character, she wouldn't be needing all these other personas that she can see into the future about. I mean, unless, like, Jean and Paul are letting her change costumes and characters every night. I mean, that would surely sell tickets, you know? 
fans all psyched to hear Strutter and see who Drew is going to be. And I mean, what instrument is she even playing in the band? She was in that music and lyrics film. I mean, I'm not suggesting that her Kiss character and makeup be Hugh Grant. But I'm just saying, you know, she can co-write tunes. If y'all want to hear the rest of this story, head on over to youngsouthpaw.com. It's this week's The Young Southpaw Part of an Hour podcast. And I mean, it only gets stranger from there. So, I mean, now let's get to this week's episode of this podcast. Very excited to have this week's guest on the show. We've corresponded for a while, but never actually met until now. She wrote the Pop Candy blog for 15 years for USA Today. There's an excellent weekly newsletter I highly recommend signing up for. I always find out about real cool stuff in there. And she's got a bunch more projects in the works, so let's get to it. It's Whitney Matheson. All right. We're here today with Whitney Matheson. How are you doing today, Whitney? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. It takes me a second sometimes to answer. How are you? More importantly. I'm, I'm good, too. Like Good seems to be the word. You used it three times. <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> No, I've, I've got a, we got the beat stuck in my head because I watched that Go-Go's documentary last night. How great was that? It's the best. It's the best. It, it lifted my spirit. Gina Shock is the, the greatest. She, every scene that she's in, everything she says, made, she made me laugh so hard. I'm like, why was I not worshiping her before this movie? And now I definitely am. I mean, I, I love them all. It's, it's great. It's the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. She was fantastic. She just... Had a very good uh, idea of everything that went on. <laughs> yeah, and that poor manager. She oh did my everything God. for them. She got their towels for the album cover. She returned the towels for the album cover and still kicked to the curb. So it's terrible. It was so sad. I love that story about the towels. I mean, I know. it's such an icky feeling. Like, <laughs> like 10 towels. If only you had those towels today, they'd be worth so much. They'd sell for so much on eBay. Oh my I goodness. Know. But Jane Wheedland, oh my God, she's just so, such a fantastic pop star. Like just seeing her bouncing on stage, it was like, oh, this is. Wonderful. Oh, she is the best. She's the best. And I used to see her at Comic Con every year because she also loves comics. I think she made a comic at one point. Yeah. So she, they don't come cooler than her. Yeah. What's your favorite go go song? Or let's expand this any song by a member of the Go-Go's included? Oh, golly. Um, this town is our town. That song I like. Is that called This Town or is it called Our Town? I like that song a lot. Um, I like, I mean, I guess if you talk about solo stuff, like, I mean, Mad About You or anything from... Heaven is it? I mean, I used to, I had those Born the Carlisle tapes, um, and then Jade Wheelan had some good solo stuff too. But Rush yeah. Hour to me is like the essence of pop music. It's just so exciting. I, oh, I love I, I do. That is a good song. Oh, I haven't heard that in a while. But That's yeah, so good. Yeah. But yeah, I had those Born the Carlisle tapes as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. What was it that made you fall in love with music in the first place? Oh, fall in love with music? Let me think. I mean, well, I'll tell you, I grew up kind of in the woods. 
I grew up in Virginia and uh, there wasn't too much going on. And so then, you know, when you need, and there was no cable TV also when I was growing up, we had maybe just a handful of VHS tapes. So then that leaves you with the radio and it leaves you with music. So, um, and like the Columbia House <laughs> record tape company. So I don't know, maybe, maybe then because of that, because that's what I went to for an escape. And uh, that's where I started to, you know, slowly when you're kind of in an isolated place, you, you figure out that there are other, other parts of the world and there are, there's so much going on. So yeah. Um, and then I had an older cousin, still have an older cousin who had rad taste and she turned me on to good stuff. And that's really important. I think. Yes. Had somebody. My older cousin, he was eight years older than me. Uh, I, I clearly remember I was eight years old, 1984, him on the phone to my mother, trying to convince her to let me come with him to the 1984 tour. And <laughs> I mean, that would have been so excellent to be yeah. to my mom's credit. When David Lee Roth went solo and he was did the Eat Him and Smile tour, same cousin on the phone. And that was my first ever show, David Lee Roth and Cinderella. And no was, way. That's a good first show. Yeah. David Lee Roth and Cinderella. My first show, weirdly enough. So yeah, I grew up, there was a, like a small college in my, I grew up in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And uh, my first show was Tori Amos at the local college. And um a a fake ID helped me get you had to be like a certain age to get into those shows but yeah when I was in high school like a it helped to have like a fake ID to get you in those shows I don't even know why there was an age restriction on any of them but mm. yeah it was a while before it was like that was like 1990 or something so it was a while before I was able to to go see a show but and I've, I've seen I've seen so many since that I forget sometimes who I have seen and who like it's they all blend together. Although I've seen nothing, of course, in in several months. What was the last show you saw before uh before lockdown? That's a good question. That's a good question. I know I saw but this might have been way before. I saw Jeff Tweedy at Link outside like Lincoln Center. Um I saw um like Barry Electric, I probably saw a few people there. I really can't remember. That's a good question. I know like I was seeing a bunch of plays right before all this happened because I wrote a play and I was trying and I'd had a reading and stuff and I was trying to like get it produced. And so I was meeting a lot of people and seeing a lot of plays. And looking back, it's like, when, I mean, when is that going to return? Theater's going to be like the last thing I think that, that comes back. What was your play about? Oh, my play? It was, uh, how can I, I guess I can totally describe it. It's, it was about a very pregnant journalist stuck at home on bed rest. And she is visited by three influential people in one day. Oh. Mm-hmm. So. Go on. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's semi, it, it's. There are autobiographical elements to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who knows if it'll ever see the... It might see the light of day, actually, in another another format. So, ah, yeah. What was the know. title of it? Bed Rest. Nice. Yep. So, one day, several years from now, 
<laughs> I know. Oh, I don't know. Next you year, just but... keep making the things. You got to keep on cranking out the things. And exactly. some, yeah, something's going to work. So what are you making right now? Um, a lot of things, actually. I finished, um, at the beginning of all this, I was, I was working on this kid's book about the Loch Ness Monster. And that's finished. Like the almost final version is, is I just saw the other day. So that's nice. fun. And that, I don't know exactly when that'll be out, but I imagine it'll just be like a few months from now. Um, I've written two TV pilots. Uh, God, what else? So many things. I mean, I've also done like work, work, uh, you know, work, money work. I, and I co-edited the big project is I co-edited a, a, an anthology of comics produced during the pandemic called pandemics with an X. And I even have, I have a comic in there, which is crazy. I've never had a comic in, published in anything like that before. Um, You've been busy. So, you know, it's how I stay sane and I have to keep moving. I got to yeah. keep doing stuff. Yeah. So uh, lots of things. And that's still available. I should, if I can just, I'll, I'll plug for just like 20 seconds. And then we can move on. But yes, that, that anthology is digital because right now it's easier to make digital things and you can get it for five bucks at patreon.com slash pandemics with an X on the end. Um, but yeah. Oh, and I do like a weekly newsletter. That's the pop culture newsletter. Um, I love your weekly newsletter. There's always cool stuff in there. I want to check out this week. Freaking blew my mind. Barbara Streisand's cover of life on Mars. See, I, yeah, I'm so glad that that was new to you because I was reading. Yes. So there's that amazing David Bowie graphic novel that just blew my mind. And I, I wanted to savor it so badly. Like I took my time with it and there's so many little things in there that I had no idea. And I was like, what is this common knowledge? I didn't know. Did you, it's yeah. And she's got, she's really the only person with the voice who can cover that song, you know? Um, Yeah. That's it's something. What I always liked about that song was on hunky dory. He posed the question, is there life on Mars? And then with the next album, he kind of answered it by naming Ziggy's backing band, The Spiders from Mars. Oh, yeah, yeah. You should, you should read that book. That, yeah, it's... I put it on my list. It looks super interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk some more about pandemics. Like, uh, Okay. Have you drawn uh, many comics yourself? No, well, not until... So, not until maybe like a year ago. Um, so I lived in, I was in New York, went to Tennessee for a few years to live, came back to New York. And when I came back, I started working out of a studio, which happens to have like more than a dozen cartoonists. So I was the only, the right, I mean, some of them are also writers, but I was working in the studio, many cartoonists surrounded by cartoonists. And I think just by osmosis, uh, I started doing, and I cannot, I'm, you know, I'm not, I can't draw very well, but you honestly don't have to draw, like, you know, it's, you don't have to draw very well to make comics. Anybody can make comics. At least that's what I believe. And so. Well, you've proved it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I started making just little comics, a lot of kind of autobios stuff. And then when certain, and I did like, the biggest thing I did was like a full length, um, comic about the life of B. Arthur, which is 
it, the world really needed, I think. Um, and and I posted that on my Patreon, and I think maybe some of it in my newsletter. But um, yeah, I I, and then when yeah, and and then when, saw, oh, oh no, no, what? And you also did something about Maud in one of the uh, mentioned Maud. Are you kind of obsessed with B. Arthur? Is that? I mean, I don't know if I would say obsessed, but I I do have great love for her in my heart, as should everyone. Uh, and she had an incredible life that needed to be expressed in comics form. Um, and then along with that, when all this stuff hit, I started making little comics, just, I don't know, a lot of them related to what I was going through or like things that were episodes things that would happen with my daughter and I so sometimes I just find it as a way um, of expression it helps me to express certain things that maybe I can't do in like a longer like short story or, or something you know another medium so yeah I have one actually that I wrote that I need to it's it's the drawing part that's the most challenging mm. for me but even though my drawings are very crude it's still challenging are you familiar with the artist Roman Muradov? No, who is that? He's an amazing sort of surrealist. His work is so beautiful. And I interviewed him a couple years ago for the Comics Journal. Um, his work is very surreal, but he, he's a huge fan of The Fall. And uh -huh. Marky e. Smith is his inspiration for working. He's like, if there's a new medium he wants to work in, he's like, you know, I, he thinks he's got to learn all this stuff. And then he remembers Marky e. Smith and thinks, no, that's not how you do it. You just get in there and you do it. And it comes out what it is, and it's going to be brilliant because that's what you put all you put in all your energy into it. I will send you a link to his stuff. He is amazing. Oh, cool! Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so I've done some comics, and then I've also I started reading uh, stories by Richard Brodigan. Do you know who that is? I've been meaning to read him for years. Trout fishing yeah. in America, and yeah, and yeah, sugar. yeah, um, and they're amazing. Cause I really had a hard time. Like my, this whole thing killed my attention span and, <laughs> and I had just a hard time. I still haven't made it through like a full novel or anything, but he has a book uh, of short stories and they're all, a lot of them are just a page or two. Like they're the perfect, they're so good. And they're so just like, they're kind of strange and like stripped down and, Anyway, I, his stories were really inspiring. And so they got me writing some short stories as well. But I found oh, that's, that's the type of, of reading, I think, that. And, and lately, I've been reading a lot more comics. I'm slowly working my way up to the attention span I had before all this happened. Are you a J.P. Donlevy fan at all? Oh, no, I'm not. He is one of my two favorite authors. I just finished his last novel last night, actually. It was wonderful. But whenever I mention Don Levy, people always say you should read Richard Brodigan. So I, I definitely oh. got to read him soon. Yes, yes, you should. Um, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to send you some, some stuff. You Thanks. can read, there are a couple things like online, like stories you can read online. And yeah, his stuff is great because after, or at least for me, after I read them, I'm like, oh, I could kind of makes you want to do your own stuff. You know, that's the best kind. Yeah. So is comics like a, a new thing for you or have you been a f lifelong fan or? No, I mean, I guess I got, I didn't really get into, com I didn't get into comics when I was a little, when I was a kid. Um, it wasn't until I lived in Chicago in 2000, I moved to Chicago. So 20 years ago. Um, Yikes. And, 
at that time, um, I mean, it's still true, but there were so, there were so many cartoonists in Chicago and they also got a lot of, they were published, you know, there were, there were two alt weeklies, um, new city and the Chicago reader. And I think both of them published comics and through there, like, and just also there were like great bookstores and Quimby's was there. And so it was there that I just started discovering and reading tons and tons of like indie comics and a lot of um, kind of autobiography comics too. So Jeffrey Brown and Linda Berry and Chris Ware, and you know, so many people were working in Chicago then. And that started it all. And I became really interested in that's when, and I was also working at USA Today and I started writing about comics and that kind of continued. Um, and still, now. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what started it for me. I was a little bit older and I got into comics more through the indie stuff rather than, you know, DC Marvel kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Did, did you ever read Asterix? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, that's, that's when I was little, I would read them because my older, it was weird because my older cousins lived in Australia and they kind of brought them back to me, but no one in the U.S., uh, had ever heard of Asterix, and then yeah. I dressed up as the Druid for Halloween one year, and nobody knew who I was. And I finally just had to say, "Oh, I'm a wizard." Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I put so much energy into this, like awesome, you know, perfect rendition of his uh, his outfit, and nobody knew what it was. But uh, yeah, yeah, I love I love comics, and I love the people who work in comics. It's it's great. It's so much work, especially to draw, because I mean, you can write them relatively quickly and especially compared to like if you're drawing a page a day you're considered flying like it's so much work it's it's an incredible amount of work that and then you know you read it in seconds yeah um so much time you know and everybody who works in comics does it because they just love it they love it and I don't know. You know, they love it without, and most of them without the guarantee that they're going to profit from it even. Um, and I don't know that that's true for every other, <laughs> for every other medium or for a lot of other people I've met. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's great. I'll always adore and respect cartoonists enormously. Have you read The Wicked and the Divine? Oh, no, I have not. I love that you're bringing up all these things that I can write down on my post-it note. This seems right up your alley. Have you heard of Phonogram? My, my, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I have heard my My brother is really into this, that series, The Wicked and the Divine. Because it's every 90, the idea is every 90 years, these ancient gods come back to Earth and they can live for two years. They're immortal, but at the end of those two years, they die. And this current incarnation, which is, I think, 2011, they all come back as pop stars. So there's one who's like Prince, one who's like Kate Bush, one who's like Bowie. It's fantastic. Oh, wow. That sounds great. I'm um, right in the middle of Hicksville right now. Have you read that? I have not, but I've heard. And it's great and I love it, but it's a little bit, I have to be, I've been reading it before I go to bed and I'm like, oh, I got to be more awake when I read this. This is going to, I need to put more of my attention in it. But yeah, I'm really into it. And then, um, there's been like, oh, what was it? Pulp, the Ed Brubaker book that came out a few weeks ago. He, all, all of his stuff just sends me into it. It's such a joyful 
place. And I don't know, he and Sean Phillips have a new book out that I haven't read yet either. But yes, there's there's so many things. How and I'm reading the um Chris France memoir about the talking heads. I there there's so many things. How are we gonna get through all the shows? all the movies in a way it's like gosh i hope they stop it's nice that they're stopping production on these things a little bit give me some time to catch up i know there's just so much Oof. what's what's been keeping you going through all this like do you have any go-tos that uh like you're saying just bring joy that you uh watch oh like like tv or but like what which what do you mean music tv anything anything Oh gosh. Well, so many things. Um, okay. Music wise, I don't have I been listening. Oh no, hold on. These terrible headphones. Um music wise, I feel like I'm not I don't know if I'm listening to too much new stuff like uh the the playlist. It's just a bunch of different like playlists. Like there's an uh, of older stuff that I like. There's someone made a playlist of you know that book meet me in the bathroom about like all the like early, early yeah early <laughs> 2000s bands um someone made a playlist like every song that's mentioned in that book which is insane it's many hours of music so I've, I've been listening to that um but like tv wise i'll get into something like i was into what we do in the shadows while that new season was on and i was like oh this is exactly what i need to rescue me from you know my dour mood um, I love that show. It's I love that. Do you watch it? Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've, I've watched that multiple times, like keep me laughing, uh, you know, a couple months ago and the episode with Mark Hamill. Oh my goodness. I could watch a whole Jackie Daytona spinoff series. <laughs> Matt Perry is just so fantastic. Oh, Matt Perry. Yes. I was talking about this the other day. Matt Perry is the best. He doesn't even have to do anything or he can say one word and he can make me laugh so hard. Yes. I. I love him. I love that show. I love Toast to London. Um, what else? Oh, I got really into this is a weird one. Um, but I got into um Yellowstone. Do you know what that show is? I don't. <laughs> Which is on like the Paramount Network. It's on kind of a random network. Um, but I watched it like through Amazon and it's a drama starring Kevin Costner and and it's a, and a brilliant ensemble cast and I described it as like, uh, imagine the Sopranos or Sons of Anarchy if they were in Montana. And it's, you know, it's like uh, mobsters on horseback. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like a family drama that just by the look of it, like by the sound of it, you would, I didn't think it was up my alley. And then a friend of mine said, no, this is really, really good. And it is kind of the best, like soapiest, crazy show. So I watched two seasons of that. And then I'm trying to think like movie wise. I don't, I don't know that I can think of like anything. Again, the attention span to watch an entire movie I've had trouble with. <laughs> like it, I'll watch like a half, I'll be really excited to watch it and I'll watch a half an hour and then like have to extend it over the entire week. Oh yes. It'll take me like two or three days to watch a movie. <laughs> I mean, I have Criterion. And I did get into like, they posted all these Martin Scorsese short films that I was watching. Um, so they, I've seen mostly like shorter stuff on Criteria, but they, they've been posting like amazing stuff. But yeah, it's hard at the end of the day. 
And, and these days, I also feel like I work, even though I'm at home, it's like I work around the clock. It's like it's nonstop. Yeah, because you don't have to stop to go home. You're already there. You just keep mm-hmm. working all night. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Something I want to ask you. One of your big questions that you seem to love to discuss is who are the great American rock bands? I love this question. Oh, good. Yes. And I think oh. we'll agree on two of them. All right. Tell me. Tell me. GBV. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I got the... Uh... Top... top <laughs> Probably top three for me, if not, I mean, for sure, top five, but maybe top three. Yeah, yeah it may be a top one tie for one with me. Okay. Oh, let's, let's sidetrack on this for a minute. What's your go-to GBV album? Oh, gosh. Look, I, I have sentimental, and then I have like what I, uh, this is tricky, because the one that, for some reason, because of the place in my life, Under the Bushes, Under the Stars, which that one is just one that I, I just listened to over and over again. I think it was the eight. I don't remember how old I was when that came out, but I, that has like sentimental place. Um, but, but I don't know Then in terms of hits, like my favorite song is probably game of pricks or. It's um, my favorite song. Probably my favorite yeah. song of all time. It, yeah. It's, it's in the, the top five. <laughs> and the, yeah, everything about it is perfect. I, I did see them in nashville right before i moved and what i mean i've seen him a million times but i was like oh it's so good to see at the basement at basement east yeah 2018 yeah i was there (laughs) i just moved to nashville it's my first week there oh my goodness Yep, that was a great show. Oh, it, and like, yeah, there, I forget exactly, but like there were stretches in there were just completely brilliant. It was like Game of Pricks, Your Name is Wild, uh, Gold Star uh-huh. Robot Boy, like all in a row. It and was, oh my goodness. I know, I know. And he's still like, yeah, all the high kit, like still totally got it. Okay, all right, you tell me, right, that's tied for number one for you. Who else is it? The Replacements. I'm- Oh, well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> we totally agree. I, um, I was prepared to have an argument, but. Well, well, we might argue after that. I said we probably agree on two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I agree on the replacements a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Perfect song. So many perfect songs. So still, still too, so underrated. I think. I've I watched that documentary. I mean, I've watched a lot of documentaries during lockdown, but I watched that uh, color me impressed. Uh, oh, I wait. Tell me, color me impressed. They're not in it. It's like interviews with people about them, which I wasn't yeah. sure it would work, but it totally worked. And okay. they gave like all the stats, like their record sales, which were so much lower than I ever would have imagined. It, it broke my heart because everyone should know those songs. And I have not. I still have not read Trouble Boys. Have you? Re- I still haven't read it, and it, I oh. need to. And <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, it's, it's intense, too. I mean, the Stinson brothers did not have easy lives. Uh, and then, yeah, the, and then I uh, first time I was in Memphis, I got to visit Ardent Studios where they made Please to Meet Me. And I just read <laughs> Trouble Boys. And there's Ooh. a part in there about Tommy vomiting on the ceiling. And the studio manager was showing me around and he pointed. And he's like, that's where Tommy Stinson vomited on the ceiling. I was like, yes. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think um, who we might. Okay. 
I have a friend who worked at Arden Studios for a while. I don't know if she's still there. And is is Jody Stevens from Big Star at Arden Studios? He is. He was yeah. not there when I went. I, they called him because I would have liked to have met him, but he was yeah. he was yeah. out and about. But it was weird. Uh, Primal Scream were there filming a documentary. I just kind of stopped in unannounced, and Bobby Gillespie answered the door, and I was like, well, "Hello." <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I mean, in big star, I would also put in my top 10, like one of the best American rock bands of all time for sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. Totally. I know. And such Uh, not that, not, not too many albums at all, but oh my gosh, they're flawless. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need that many when they're uh, (laughs) that quality. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who else you got? Well, another band that recorded an ardent Afghan wigs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Afghan wigs. Um, I saw them. Or did, was it just Greg? Did they tour like five or six years ago? Or was it just Greg Dooley? I don't remember. Dooley did a solo uh, tour in 2016. And then they also did for the Wigs album in 2017. So like, I think it's been like back and forth. I remember I saw him at the Beacon Theater several years ago. And I was impressed by how loud that show was. <laughs> it's like one of the loudest shows I've seen. Uh, yeah, Afghan Wizard, that's a good one. That's a good one. O- often overlooked, I would say, when you ask people about the great American rock band. Black Love is you know, tied for my favorite record of all time. It's just Ooh. a perfect album. Wait, what's your other favorite record of all time? 1984, Van Halen. Oh, which, right. I mean, they were my first love. They were... I mean, I, I got into music because my mom would always play me like the girl group Motown stuff and the Beatles. But then I discovered Van Halen on my own. And it was just, you know, this feeling of how exciting music could be. Oh, so I, I think we're going to just <laughs> diverge here. That's No, but I, I like to. That's fine. We can totally diverge. Where did, wait, where did you grow up? Connecticut. Okay. I have not, I don't, I know nothing about Connecticut. I don't even have a fact. What was a band? Give me some bands from Connecticut. I can't even tell you one. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that makes me feel better. Hate breed. <laughs> you know, that, like hardcore. No. Band? Um, no. Jim from Super Chunk went to college at Fairfield University and was in a band called Humidifier, which was really weird because in eighth grade, we had these cool two substitute teachers and one day was like, wear your favorite shirt to class. And she wore a throwing muses t-shirt. And so Ooh. me being super interested, I asked her and I remember her saying, they're kind of scary. <laughs> she knew like me and my best friend were really into music. So she brought in the seven inch by her friend and it was the humidifier seven inch. And then years later, I realized that Jim went on to play in super chunk. I was like, wow, I, I love super chunk. I, it was uh, that's cool. I I remember my I had a babysitter who loved the Smiths, and I can remember her like listening to the Smiths and telling me like, "Isn't this the best thing you've ever heard?" And I was like, "Oh God, this is so terrible." And then of course, like later, I I I loved the Smiths, but yeah, when I when I was younger and first heard that bit, I was like, "What babysitter is bananas?" My friend David Ryder Prangley, a uh, great musician over in London, has a theory, which is very controversial, that in their essence, Van Halen and the Smiths are of the same band. They had a guitar player who came along and changed the entire scene of music for what they're working in. 
Okay. And they had this extremely, uh, you know, flamboyant, outgoing frontman who is pretty misinterpreted. Like people, like people think of Morrissey, and they usually think like he's you know really depressing and whatnot. But when you listen to Smith, some of those lyrics are pretty funny. And oh he had a yeah. Really way with words, and uh, people think David Lee Roth is a total goofball. But then you listen to some of the Van Halen records, and you're like, wow, this is kind of I wouldn't have expected this from him. I've got to say, I don't. I mean, my Van Halen knowledge is so rudimentary. It's like MTV knowledge. Like it doesn't really go too, too deep. So I, I feel bad about that, especially okay. at this moment in our conversation. I'll get over it. <laughs> the Ramones is, I don't know if I would consider them a rock band. It's a tough call on that one. Why wouldn't you? Oh, because you're saying punk. They're, They're rock. Band. They were also, I mean, they wrote great, pop tunes I don't, yeah. I don't know if i would consider them rock and roll i mean i'm willing to accept that as an answer but i'm I, i'm not sure i would say it myself obviously i love them i mean i don't know i say like uh leather jackets tight pants songs about sniffing glue is pretty rock and roll right that's a good point that's a very but, good point but it is true my my daughter when she was very little like you know two or three loved the remote because those songs are so it's like three chords so melodic like easy to sing to you know yeah <laughs> that's awesome mm -hmm. what else did she like well well when she was little it was like ramones beatles she liked blondie she still likes blondie right now she's in um a big prince phase she heard which is great she's seven years old she heard um when I played her when Doves Crying, for whatever reason, like it clicked something in her and she just wanted to hear everything. And, and I'm so relieved that it's not crap that she's into. <laughs> but, um, you know, like she has seen, I just have to believe the stuff she does. Like, you know, stuff kids don't get, it goes over their heads. And she's seen some of the videos and she was like, Mom. These the the women in these Prince videos they wear bathing suits so they can dance better. I'm like, yeah, that's that's it. That's true. <laughs> so they can dance better. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you can have good moves in a bathing suit. <laughs> wow, when Dust Cry used to scare me when I was that age. I guess it came out when I was a little older, but I remember it being like odd, like not. Of your, it was much darker than what else yeah. was going on on the radio. Oh, I, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, it's dark, but yeah, I, she likes it. She likes it so much that I figured out the chords on the banjo so we could sing it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> were you ever in a band yourself? No, oh. no, I was not. Um, I dated many, many, many people who were in bands, but no, myself. I never was. Um, in fact, I was mentioning this to somebody the other day. I had, when I was in high school, I had like several sheets of notebook paper on which I had listed potential band names. Like Robert Pollard did. And, uh, and so people would, you know, if they're forming a band or needed a band name, they could come to me and I could loan them. And I still have it. I still have that list in a storage unit. Excellent. Somewhere. Mm hmm <laughs> Did anyone take any? I don't think so, no. Oh. No. Maybe one day. <laughs> I had two other contenders. For, I don't want to leave the question. The Stooges? 
Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. I I have a friend who swears that that's number one, and I I think that's totally valid. Funkadelic. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good one too. We're not going to diverge. What are you All talking right. about? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, look, if honestly, I was I was having this conversation with a group of people, and one guy said the doors, and I was like, oh god. I don't even want to get in this into this. I didn't say anything, but if you were going to say, and this will probably people might be angry by this, but yeah, if you were to say like the Doors are the greatest American rock band of all time, I don't know what I would do with this conversation. Uh, no, it's it's two different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate the Doors. But I don't think they're the you know best. Yeah, <laughs> by a long shot. When or was the last- Eagles. You'd said the Eagles, I'd be suspicious. I do not like the Eagles. <laughs> I, I just I don't get the fuss about Hotel California. I don't I don't think it's a very good song. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, let's <laughs> let's put aside. Moving on. When was the last time you heard a band who you thought were a great American rock band? Oh my goodness! Well. Hmm. I'm trying to think because, gosh, that's a good question. Who have I heard that I think, I mean, I listened to new stuff quite a lot and I started like a playlist where I put a few songs every week from the band that I like, but I'm trying to think of someone where I've listened to like an entire album's worth of stuff. I mean, they're not really a rock band, but that band Krangbin, do you know who I'm talking about? I'm sure I'm pronouncing them wrong, but it's K H R U, whatever. Anyway, they're out of Texas. It's oh. if they're good, but I don't know that I'd call them a rock band. I don't know if I have a good answer to that question. Oh, my, well, I mean, it's tough, you know. I mean, there are really good bands, and then there's bands that kind of blow your mind, and they come along maybe once every couple of years. I mean, I truly don't spend the time. Seeking out, I, I just used to, especially when I was, you know, at my old bloggy job. job, would bring, would spend so much time listening to new stuff. I only listened to new stuff. I only in like watched and experienced brand new stuff. And I don't, I just don't do that as much now, partly because I just don't have the time, mm-hmm. but also because I just keep returning. I mean, don't we always just return to the stuff we liked when we were 15 years old? I think a lot of, of us do. Yeah. And there's only so much time in the day <laughs> to listen to stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm a writer. Like I am around, um, it, when I work in the studio, I am around these artists who can work on their stuff and listen to music at the same time. And the you know, like working and discovering things and ingesting other things that way. And I just have a very hard time doing that. So when I'm writing, when I'm working, I'm, it's usually quiet, you know? I, I'm the same exact way. I'm, whew, I thought there was something, you know, maybe I should be able to do that, that I just had to try harder. But I'm glad other people have that preferred method of working because it's distracting. You hear a great very, song, you want to yeah. get wrapped up in it. Yeah. So when I walk, when I walk around... I can listen to stuff, but yeah, when I'm working, I really can't. Have you heard White Reaper? No. They are my new discovery of this year. Yeah, they're kind of like late day My Chemical Romance mixed with the Ramones and the Misfits. 
very, very catchy, very, very rocking. Oh, cool. I, I fell in love with them this year. Okay. Discover them through Letter Kenny. Have you watched that yet? Oh, I still haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. And there are what? An insane number of seasons. <laughs> what, like seasons. eight seasons? Yeah. But they I have. So daunting. They have a great soundtrack. I, I have my phone next to me to constantly Shazam, like what's going on. I've discovered so many good bands through that. And it's uh, hilarious. The writing is super good. That's been one of the things keeping me going through lockdown when I need a laugh. I, okay, good. That's good. Because I did go through all of um, Shit's Creek. Yeah. And I think there was another like comedy thing. And I do, I do need that comedy in my life. Uh, so I need a good like 30-minute end-of-day show. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I'll get to it. Eight seasons. Whew. I know. But it goes by quick. I mean, I, I'm watching them again. <laughs> So my, my big question that I always, I've, you know, I've discussed for countless hours at countless parties for decades now is, what's the best Cure album? Oh, the best Cure album would have to be... Uh, it's a tough one. Um, it, I might have to look at track. It's either Disintegration or Head on the Door. Wow. Yeah, that's, that is the answer I've arrived at after decades. <laughs> Like yeah. every disintegration, I think is the common consensus one, and it's hard to argue with plain song and pictures of you opening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But lately, I've been thinking, head on the door is pretty freaking great. Yeah, it's one of it's one of those two for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, those are my those are my favorites. I mean, God, yeah, I love I love the Cure forever, forever, never. I still have never seen them. The one band I think I've never seen. I have seen them. The one band I've never seen is U2. I've never seen U2. And everybody else has. I, I feel like I'll get another chance, right? I hope. Yeah, but they seem to just keep... Yeah. I never have actually either. That's, oh, well, that makes me feel better. Yeah, I, I've never seen them. That might be the one. I feel like I've seen pretty much everyone else. Maybe. The one band I really would have wanted to see and won't is Love and Rockets. Oh, yeah. I saw one of the Bauhaus re, uh, reunions, but Love and Rockets, oh, man, I love them, and that would have been brilliant. hmm <laughs> Yeah. Well, one day music will come back. My last show, actually, before lockdown was, uh, and my 12-year-old self would have loved this, it was David Lee Roth opening for Kiss. I'd never seen Kiss before, and I thought I should probably do it. They're my favorite band when I was 12, and it was insane. Like, it was so loud and so like even at the back of the arena you could feel the fire from the pyrotechnics and like it was just a part of my soul like as soon as they started a song i knew exactly what it was and we got we got bumped up to like 12th row because like we we got seats way in the back and then they wanted to fill the seats up front so like halfway through a lady came and gave us tickets and we were like right next to gene simmons and it was just brilliant oh i've never seen kiss that's a really good one which has a question that has been on my mind a lot lately, which I'm going to ask you is, if you had joined KISS for whatever reason, what would your makeup be? That's a good question. I sort of envision, this is somewhat related maybe. I often think like if I, ha- I have zero tattoos, if I had a tattoo, what would it be? I think it would probably, 
like ideally it would be some sort of like dot line situation, like, you know, something geometric, but also I've thought, Oh, I could have maybe like a banjo tattoo, maybe a big banjo. So related to that, I'm just looking at my face right now. Somehow maybe there could be like a banjo, like two banjos, like upside down. I love it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And you'd have to be playing a banjo then, which would make Kiss such a bizarre band. But I would love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I I kind of want to do a test, a test run of that. Yeah, I, I, I think I you should. That would be my my choice. Halloween this year. The What's yours? What would you pick? I've put a lot of thought into this, and uh, I finally came up with them recently. In Chinese astrology. I am a double dragon. I was born in the year of the dragon in the month of the dragon. So I think the double dragon and have two dragons coming up Ah. alongside of my face would be awesome. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, that's good. I like, yeah, I can't really think of an alternative. I feel like double banjo, which could also be my, my name. (laughs) And I'd be double dragon. We should totally have a kiss tribute. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Huge. (laughs) Oh man! <laughs> I think that's all my questions. But do you got anything else you want to add? To Gosh, I don't think so. This has been super fun, and uh, I w- I I have to. Um, my next couple phone calls are real boring, so I'm so glad. I'm so glad yeah. <laughs> that we had this little chat. Um, I mean, I guess I can if I'm allowed to promote myself. Uh, over on the easiest thing to do would probably just be to go to my Patreon uh, to get a link to my free newsletter and other things. Weird. I highly things. recommend the, the newsletter. Good stuff. Uh, Weekly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and that's at patreon.com slash Whitney Matson. So it's very, very easy to remember. So yeah, for free, you get like a, I post a bunch of stuff. And then if you want to throw me a couple bucks, you can get exciting things like um, the B. Arthur comic or a 5,000 word story about a middle-aged woman who wants, wants to punch somebody in the face. Uh, various, various bonuses. Yeah. Have you ever punched somebody in the face? No, I never have. I never have. And I've never been punched in the face. Fun fact. But if I, but I something tells me if I did the double banjo makeup, that might change. <laughs> <laughs> then they'd get it on their fists and they'd be like banjo fists mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. another character there's a story there <laughs> well, well thank you so much for coming on the show. yes yeah. thank you for having me enjoy your day um yeah i can tell it's it's very sunny where we both are in separate parts of the world so <laughs> enjoy enjoy the afternoon thank you you too and i'll be in touch about the kiss cover band you do that. All right. That was super fun. Definitely check out all Whitney's doing and sign up for her newsletter. And I'll keep y'all informed about our Kiss cover band, of course. I mean, wow. I mean, Double Banjo, Double Dragon. Their first greatest hits package was Double Platinum. It's meant to be. In other Southpaw news, let's see. I mean, we've just had a string of great guests on recently. I mean, Martin Atkins, Steve Kilby, Kevin Crace telling me the humbug record story. Now, Whitney, and there's a lot more to come. So keep tuning in. Please subscribe, rate it, review it, all that stuff. 
I'm throwing these videos up on the Young Southpaw YouTube channel if you want to watch the interviews. Please subscribe again if you're so inclined. Always much appreciated. And there's a ton of other stuff to check out at youngsouthpaw.com. Decalogue 4, 4th and 10, the collection of the Young Southpaw Part of an Hour podcast episodes 31 to 40, is now out at Bandcamp, youngsouthpaw.bandcamp.com. It's pay whatever you like, you know, free if you want. There's some great stories in there, like talking about what Star Wars would have been like if it was combined with Ally McBeal, exploring the hidden time travel element of dirty dancing. It's the only thing that makes sense of I've had the time of my life and hungry eyes not even sounding remotely like they could have been recorded in 1963. And of course, a story asking, you know, what if Van Halen had competed in the 1982 World Cup? So until next time, y'all.